0: Well, you probably didn't recognize I me. Mean, I hadn't been in a pulpit in a while. Last time I was in a pulpit, it was Celine, what, six weeks ago? I mean, I had had surgery. I was listening today when they were giving the, uh, the seniors their stuff, and when well, they announced what it was, body wash, and hair wash, and I think, do these kids have a hygiene issue? <laughs> Or did we just want to send them off to college, you know, clean? clean. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. When you when your mom don't have, have to take you in the shower in the morning, when you're in the dorm, you know that kind of that's kind of a hint that. what you do get to bring the laundry basket back to her on the weekends, full of dirty clothes. <laughs> Hopefully. I made one of the biggest decisions of my life when I was a year younger than these seniors. I was 17. I decided, I made myself a promise that I was going to live by this one thing the rest of my life. I was going to live a life of adventure the rest of my life. And my goodness, yeah, if I, I could sit here for a week and tell you stories about the things that God's allowed me to, to be a part of. But, you know, it, it whatever decision that you make now, it may not be your path in, in two years, three years. Don't just stick to a major because you made a decision to stick to a major. Stick to living your best life, whatever that may be. That may not involve college. That may involve Votech, It may, job, may involve only job training. But make yourself a promise that you're going to live your best life. You're going to be the best you can be at whatever you whatever you do. Everything that you lay your hand to will prosper. The Bible says that, but you've got to make a commitment to live up to that. You can't do nothing and prosper. You've got to do something to prosper. You've got to lay your hand to something and do it as good and live as the best life you possibly can in the process of doing all that. Now, 2000, I'll tell you, in July of last year, I had, y'all you know, 20, this last year has been my worst year. I broke my femur. As soon as it recovered, I went to Africa and fractured my neck and then had to have, after it, recovered. I had to have C3 to C7. It just it's, it's neck fusion surgery. It, it hurts, okay? I've been in pain for an entire year. That's not God's best for me. It's just not. It, pain is affects you in ways that you can't understand until you've experienced it on the long term. It changes your enthusiasm. You have no enthusiasm in hardly anything. Why? Because you get up, it hurts to get up. When you sit down, it hurts to sit down. If you sit down in the same position too long, it hurts. So you you constantly, it weighs on you and weighs on you and weighs on you, and there's never any relief. It doesn't stop. And it changes your outlook on life. At least it did mine. I I didn't know it till it had happened, or I would have if I would have stopped it. But it changes everything. I mean you're always hurting, you're never in a good mood, and people look at you like you're mad at them. When you're not mad at them, you're just hurting. That's what it is. Well, you're tr- being antisocial. No, I really just want to get in a chair where my neck can be up against a s- something. I can't sit in a straight-back chair. I gotta be- I'm not being antisocial. I'm just trying to prevent more pain. Are you, fo- are you following what I'm talking about? It affects everything, so it affects your mind, and the mind is a battleground for everything. Your attitude determines your altitude. We know, y'all have heard me say these things a million times. But when you're in pain, you can't have a good attitude. I don't know how the Apostle Paul did it. I don't know how he did it. It'll bring change to your. <clears throat> Sometimes pain's good. Sometimes it'll force you down here to get closer to him. Sometimes it'll just it'll force you to live a better life. You're going to eat better. You're going to ex, ex <clears throat> exercise more, whatever. Why? Because you want to be pain-free. You'll do anything to be pain-free. With that mindset for months now, I had I've, I've been I've had i had the best message prepared for y'all. I'm telling you, it was so good I couldn't wait to preach it because I've been praying about it and, and studying it and looking for for over a month. I mean, and then Thursday, I went to put it on paper and it, I didn't write that way. It wrote a different way. It was totally opposite of what I really wanted to preach, but. This was something that I did. So, Thursday, after I got this message together, I made another one of those lifelong commitments. I'm going to be the better version of me. I'm going to be in shape. I'm going to eat better. I'm going to think clearer because I'm not going to have pain. Pain brings blinders to you, too. It blurs your vision. It, there's a lot of things that it does. But I made a, one of those commitments like I did when I was 17 years old. All right, enough's enough. I've got some devil stomping to do, and I don't feel like going out and doing it right now. No, that's not me. I'm, I'm going to go back to the guy I was a couple of years ago. That would do anything. That's what I'm going to do. So I'm going <laughs> to. Let's read. Uh, go to 2 Corinthians 11, my scripture I gave you. Starting at, Starting at 23, I think. Yeah, 23 through 28. Yeah. Go to 23. <laughs> May I send it to you? I don't know. There we are. This is the Apostle Paul. All right. This I read this. I was feeling sorry for myself, and I went and I looked this up and I read it, so I would feel better about myself. It actually made me feel worse because what I've gone through is nothing. Paul said this. He said, are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors more abundant. In stripes above measure. In prisons, more frequently. In deaths, often. From the Jews, I received 40 stripes minus one. Five times, wow. in journeys, all in journeys, often in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren. In weariness and toil and sleeplessness, often I hunger and thirst, and fastings, often cold and nakedness. Besides these other things, what comes upon me daily is my deep concern for all the churches. Look at all of the stuff. This guy, the guy's been killed and raised from the dead. He's been, he forgot to mention the snake bite, you know. He's, he, Look at all of the things that have happened to this guy, and his deep concern is for the churches. Why? That was what my question was. Why is his deepest concern for the church when all of this stuff happened to him? They called him a hypocrite. Look at all the stuff that's happened on you, and you're teaching faith, and you're teaching healing, and, you know, you lay hands on the sick, and sometimes they get well, but most of the time they don't. Look at you. What do you do? All you do is get hurt. All you do is get thrown in prison. You're a troublemaker. I forgot to to tell you, he also wrote 14 books of the New Testament. You know, so... why is his deepest concern for the church because when ch- when church is done right the miraculous happens What do you mean when church is done right? Are we not doing church right? I'm not going to say I'm not pointing fingers at any church. I'm saying churches as a whole. No, we're not doing it right. If we were, we'd be seeing what happened in the Book of Acts right now in every church. What do you mean church done? What does that mean? Go to 2 Timothy, scripture in 2 Timothy. I love this. Talking about churches, having a form of godliness, but denying the power from such turn away. Turn your back on the church if it's not being done right. Is that what it said? From such, turn away. Don't be a part in it. If there's no power in the church, it's not a church. And one scripture says, having a form of godliness, but denying it thereof. From such, turn away. Actually, it says run. What's my next scripture in Second Timothy? Aha! This is Paul talking to me But you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions, afflictions, which happened at Antioch and Iconium and Lystra. What persecutions I endured... And out of them the Lord delivered me. All of them, Lord delivered me. Yes. All who desire to live godly in Christ will suffer persecution. If you're not being, if you're not suffering persecution, you're not doing it right. That's what it's Jesus says, They did it to me, what do you think they're going to do to you? This scripture right here, Paul's saying it. Yes, all, not most, but all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. All. Your name fits in there. If it's a... If it's godly, tough times are coming and we must be prepared... As a church. I enjoyed hearing hearing angel last week and, and she she brought up first John three eight. The Son of Man came so that he might destroy the works of the devil. That's that's and that's our job. Yeah. I told you it was in there. And now that's our job. Destroy the works of the devil. Why is Paul's deepest concern for the church? Because church being done right. produces the miraculous, the miraculous. The works of the devil are destroyed when church is done right. I remember I was growing up in a church, and I sang Standing on the Promises, sitting down more times than I can count. That's just uh, that's just the way it was. I, come on now. If you're raised, you know what I mean. I can see y'all's faces. Everybody got smirks in their face, like, yeah, I remember, me too, me too, me too. We sang the same three songs every Sunday for over 10 years. There was no praise at all in that, there was no worship at all in that. Therefore, there was no power at all in that. Church has to be done right. It has to be pure. Jesus said, he's those that worship me most worship me in spirit and in truth. You're being true to what you're doing. If you're saying you're praising, you need to be praising. If you're saying you're worshiping, you need to be worshiping. Not singing. Singing is not worship or praise. It is a way that we get to praise and worship Through music. It's not the music itself. (coughs) Still got to... (coughs) Hey, hold on. Say hi. Hey. (laughs) (coughs) This is the longest I've talked in six weeks. Voice is tired. Yeah, that's the first time I've ever been able to say that. <laughs> anyway, what Angel was talking about last week, what we need to be doing is actively pursuing the works of the devil and destroying them, not playing defense. Okay, I'll just it. Not Playing defense. We go to the Lord in prayer when something is wrong. When you need to be going to the Lord in prayer when things are right. To keep them that way. Tough times are going to come. I think that's this Crisis is common to life. Persecution is going to come. Crisis is going to come. Sickness is going to come. Nowhere in this Bible does it say that it's not going to come. It actually tells us the very opposite as we've heard. The thing is, we've got the ability to overcome what's thrown at us. It's going to come, and God's given us a way to combat that. You turn it over to me. You act in faith, and you do this, this, and this, and it will leave. It will go. He never says, it doesn't come. He says, I have a way to overcome. And there's been a gospel that's been preached across America. Live your best life now. I agree with that statement, but I'm not saying build a kingdom. I'm saying build for the kingdom. The, the greatest blessing of God is not wealth. The greatest blessing of God is to be used by God. Period. End of story. I mean, you. I mean, y'all t- y'all've seen it on TV and and on online. Man, it's a the prosperity message has turned into the only message that you see some preachers preach. Why? Because. Whatever you have faith for is what you're going to get. But the thing is, how many people are getting delivered? How many people are getting saved? How many miraculous things are they seeing? What's God doing? How is God moving in and through that? If you see the power, turn and go away. It doesn't say if you see a big money church, turn and go away. No, it doesn't say that. It says if you see a powerless church, Run away, run away Ugh. Tom Grant just tagged me in a post <laughs> oh. that's better that's that shirt's done right, yeah, uh. So what do we got to do to help church better? First, let's do it in the order that we do it. We do praise. Are you really praising? Are you really telling God how good he is? Or are you just singing and holding up your hands? I won't ask you again because I really don't want an answer. I'm glad y'all kept quiet. Praise has nothing to do with, with your voice or your singing because I mean, Joel gets his voice from me, and, and his is worse than mine, okay? But it, I'm, I'm making a joyful racket to the Lord. So. Um, but that's, the singing is just the outer part of what you're doing, of what's coming out of you. Telling how good, how, What is praise? Telling God how good he is. Just tell him, that's how good you are. You are a good God. You're the best God ever. I mean, you know, however simple you want to make it. But I can promise you, if you're not praising out right down here, you're not praising in-house. Probably. I do a lot of praising. You know, I do these year, these year quest things. They've always, done, And this one, I had to listen to praise and worship music from August of 2022 to August of 2023. It's the only thing I listen to. And it's made a difference. Not as big as I thought, but it's made a difference. But you see me going down the road, you know. This isn't the only place I praise. But this is the only place that a lot of people do. So when you're praising, give it everything you possibly have. That's the first thing we do, right? Praise. What do we do next? Nope. We do greetings. Angel is in charge of all this and she kept guessing the wrong thing. Praise worship. (laughs) I'm telling you, I enjoy greeting. Greeting is probably my favorite part of service other than praying for people because the people that I have to pray for every week, I get to see them every week. People that are praying for me every week, I get to see them. and get to greet them every week. We're a community of believers together. We are a family of people. When something happens, we all jump to the rescue if we can. That's the kind of church that we are, and I'm I'm delighted that we are. But we need to greet each other with a little bit more enthusiasm, I think. You You want me to tell you why? Yeah, I'm fixing to teach y'all a pastor's trick. This This is taught in pastor college. If you have a family that shows up, I'm not saying here, every church. It's the same everywhere you go. When greeting is going on, if you've got a family that just sits there, they won't be there long. Or if they'll stand up, but they'll never make an effort To cross the aisle to shake somebody's hand. They won't be there long. Why? Because they hadn't put enough effort in to feel like they're in. It takes effort to be a part of a family. My gosh, my brother and sister, they're saints. I was a baby brother, you know, and I was terrible. And they had, and my mom and dad were just fed up with me, you know, so they gave, turned me over to them. They won't even talk to me anymore. <laughs> no, they do. <laughs> Barely. But, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, my brother's found a deer he can't figure out how to kill, I'll, I'll hear from him. You know, I'm joking. We're going to golf, we're golfing together this summer, so. But, um, my goodness, they, I, I put them through it. But if you do church right, you do praise right, you do your greeting right, what happens when you praise? God inhabits the praises of his people. God shows up to hear how good he is. Don't you want to be praised? Don't you, Oh, you did such a good job. Oh, God, oh that, that is, I mean, that's right up his, that's in his wheelhouse. You start talking about how good he is, he's right in here listening. Where two or more are gathered, he's right there. I want to hear, really, I want to hear how good I am. I want to hear you say how good I am. That's praise. Greeting. What's next? Worship, right? We We already had a tithe offering today. We do tithe offerings every week. I'll put it to you like this. You do right with your money with God, God will do right by you. Simple. Simple, simple, simple. Tithing's not an option for Christians, but you get to do it. It's a joy. <clears throat> Worship. What are you created for? Two things good works, according to Ephesians 2 10. In worship, there's a difference in praising God and worshiping Him. Worship—I'm going to try. This is the way I explain worship. You can—you'll have a better word. I promise you. I, to me, worship is—is is intimacy. Is that a good word? Intimacy with God. I'm closer to Him at those times than I feel like I ever am. I'm not any. He doesn't push me away because I'm not worshiping. He's always there. He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. But I feel closer to Him at the time of worship than any other time. That's why I go there so often because I I want it. I've got to have that. It feeds me. It gives me the power. The strength. We've got to do it here. Why? For the the good of the house. For the good of everybody. We have to do it right. We have to go through the process. We have to go through all these things. Prayer. Go to Matthew 5 real quick for me. Where am Scripture. But I say to you love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. There it is. He said it. I didn't say it. He said it. It's easy to pray. I like Casey. It's easy to pray for Casey. I got to have another example. No, I'm joking. <laughs> it's if, if you don't like somebody... It's hard to pray for them, isn't it? But God tells us these are the ones we're specifically supposed to be praying for. The ones that make your life hard, pray for them. You got a bad boss, pray for him. I ain't praying for him. I, I've, been that, I've been there. Y'all know this. I've told numerous stories about God telling me to buy a guy groceries in Walmart one day. I said, nope, I ain't doing it. I don't like him. Matter of fact, I cannot stand him. I'm not doing it. I kept kept on and kept on and kept on. I ended up buying $70 worth of groceries for a man I couldn't stand. But God had to keep telling me and telling me and telling me. He, he knew I heard him. And I'm a sheep. I know his voice. He knew I heard him, and I kept saying no. I was a willful sin, direct disobedience, right in the middle of mending Walmart. No, 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 no. But if I wouldn't have had a strong prayer life, I wouldn't have had some strong praise and worship and all everything that goes along with that, I'd still be circling that mountain. Wouldn't be able to do it. I, I can give money to anybody now. I haven't got over the hard ones, you know. That was a... That's that's a, that's a story that pastors shouldn't tell on themselves, but they've all been there. Trust me. Worship. Prayer. Okay. Here we go. Take notes. Tom hadn't put anything else on Facebook yet, so... Take notes. Look at them during the week. Go back and look at Facebook. There's something in there for every single person. I don't care who you are. Something special is in that message for you. God would not leave you out when it comes to that. He wouldn't leave you out. So we've got to do church. We've got to, we've got to pray, praise, worship, everything, greet, everything better. T.L. Osborne told me this. He said, he said, son, never let the fire of enthusiasm burn out. And if, for, after a year of being in pain, that fire was almost just snuffed out in me. And I realized that I had to get back to the place that I was. And the only way to do it was this. Just do church right. Do it at home right, but do it here right, too. If not, you're doomed. So what I want us to do today is this. I want us to, I got a whole other page of notes. I I told you, it's been so long, I just, I've got like a book here, page and a half left. Tell, let me tell a quick, quick story. Sorry, sorry, I'm sorry. I just couldn't. When I was in when I was in the military, I had a very distinct job. Okay, and um, when I wasn't working, you know what they had me doing? Acting like I was working. In other words, training, hand-to-hand combat, small arms, uh, in the uh, you know five-mile runs, in the weight room. It's just every single day. What was my job when I was in the military? Well, we called ourselves two things, human shields and bullet stoppers. That's what we called ourselves because we had to, to, to guard the, the heads of state, presidents, vice president, and foreign dignitaries, things like that. And so we trained, and we trained, and we trained, and we trained, and we trained. Why? So that it would become natural. Three years I had one instance where I used my training. It lasted less than 10 seconds. But it was flawless. Three years for a 10-second altercation. When you play professional sports, let's just say baseball, for example, Um, because everybody's played baseball. Um, You get to the park five hours before a game. But on your warm-up, your practice jersey, and you go out on the field, and you practice. You you do an hour of stretching. You take batting practice. You take infield, you work on your double plays, you your slide and that stuff. Then you go back in and you put on your game uniform. You go back out and play a game that lasts three hours. You practice for five hours for a three-hour game. But y'all all watch baseball. Those guys don't make many mistakes. You know why? Because they never stop training. They never stopped practicing. You don't see a guy go after the season and go gain 50 pounds and come back in as a big old boy, you know, and, and they'll, they'll send, send him home, quit painting. It's not going to happen. You're going to be in the right shape to do your job. I had a, had a guy in my detail, and I was in the military, and he went to Virginia Beach and he, and he fell asleep on the beach and sunburned him so bad he had to go to the doctor. He couldn't wear his uniform. Our unit charged him with destruction of government property. And he lost his job in the detail. They shipped him out. That's how serious it was. You don't do things wrong and expect the right result. You do everything right and you'll have the right result. That's what we were taught. That's the same way it is in Christianity. You got to do it right. You got to do it with enthusiasm. You got to give it everything you got so you can get over all of the stuff that happens in life the sickness, the, the accidents, uh, attacks from Satan that, ha- that will come, that we've been promised are going to come. But by doing church right and doing your life right, you can overcome each and every situation. It takes effort, though. Everybody says salvation is free. Ask Jesus how free it was. It's free to you, but it costs him a lot. But we think that the rest of our, after we get saved, everything's good now. I'm saved. I'm going to get baptized, and for the next 40 years, I'm going to go to church. And I'm going to sit in the same place, and I'm going to do this. I'm gonna... Put zero effort in, and they're not 40 years' experience, they've got a year's experience 40 different times because they never moved on. They never took the effort to do things right. So today I just want to ask, ask you if you'll just dedicate yourself to doing it right, to doing church right. Sunday morning, Rob, Rob, said, Rob told me this. He said, pour every ounce of energy you have into Sunday morning, every ounce of energy. And he worked. But right now, I'm just now starting to get back. I was in pain, couldn't get out of the bed, couldn't get out of a recliner or whatever, you know. and, And I'm telling you, it affected me because I wasn't in church. It affected me let's our, dedicate ourselves to doing it right, doing it right, doing it right. Amen. Stand to your feet. Let's pray. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I thank you so much for this day, Father.